Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. And thanks to the help you get from ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll keep it running. If you need to bring in your vehicle for service to your favorite deal, your favorite shop, and you want to know what the heck could be wrong with it, talk to this guy or send a text. Dan Burns, good morning. Good to see you again. Uh, I don't have a button. Oh, it works. The, I, I can see the uh, uh, the bulb is just burned out. That's my technical answer for that. And can the, you hear me now? You can hear you just fine. <laughs> we'll get our uh, our team of... Uh, I'll fix that. When I I'm bet done. you could. I can, I can fix that. Because yeah. I noticed that when I was in for an oil change the other day, and I should know this, you always, you and your technicians, check to see that your taillights work, your brake lights work, all that stuff. Yeah, that's our deal. Yeah, that's uh, when you come in for service, it means service, which is... You know, not just uh, dump the oil and and get on to the next yeah, one. It's right. uh, we, we really do service it, and that's one of the reasons that I say it's important to check and and uh, and see that uh, all of the different things get checked and and uh, and you're ready to go. Very good. Uh, if you have a uh, any kind of a car care question, call it in or text it, and the same number applies uh, to your phone call or the text six five one nine eight nine. Nine two two six. As you know, Dan, we uh, we like to save when we do run out of time, which is quite often. Yeah. We have some uh, some text messages we did not get a chance to answer, so I grabbed a few right. of those. Should we get to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one. Uh, uh, let's see where am I? I spun out in my truck last week twice and hit a curb. Now at higher speeds, the car vibrates and shakes. Yeah, that uh, that's a bummer and uh, quite common actually. You know the trouble this time of year when you when you hit a curb before the snow banks are fully established, you actually hit the curb and it stops and bends things. Later on in the season, when the snow banks are established, you just slide up on the snow bank. Yeah. It's, it's a much gentler, softer, right. you know, safer hit. But at any rate, something got bent, uh, and it turns. It's always the weakest link. Whatever the Thing hit at the momentum it was going at, then whatever the weakest link is, is bent. And uh, not very often is more than one thing bent, but uh, you're going to need to get that in and, you know, get it up on the rack. See, we'll see what's bent. Uh, uh, if it's not visible, we might have to put it on the alignment rack oh, and, okay. uh, and see uh, what direction it's pointing, and then we can figure it out from there. Haven't you said in the past, Dan, that uh, sometimes uh, it'll bend the rim? The wheel. It does bend the wheel. And, and then, well, then that's another thing, spinning out in a snowbank. Sometimes, you know, the vibration might be caused by the fact that just one part of the wheel is packed with snow. Oh, and you've seen that. So then it's way out of balance, like way out of balance. Oh, okay. And that certainly will cause a shake, too. So thank you for bringing that up. First thing you should do is check and be sure that the snow's not packed in your wheels and uh, clean all the snow out. And that might take care of the shake uh, just by doing that. You want to call in your question? By all means, call us or text us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Dan has been helping our CCO listeners out for, I guess we figured about twenty five years yeah. now, something like yeah. that. 
Uh, here's another text, and then we're, we're going to grab some fresh ones. I have a 2001 Toyota Camry with the check engine light on. The code is showing an EGR valve. Should I worry about that? Well, yes. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, part of the emission system, and uh, if the depending upon the failure of the of the EGR valve or whatever, uh, it could affect uh, certainly gas mileage and performance and all sorts of things like that. You know, an EGR valve needs to be open under the right conditions to recirculate the exhaust. And if it's open in the wrong conditions, then uh, that'll cause trouble. And so, uh, yes, you do need to bring that in and get that checked out. And, and just because it the code is relating to the EGR valve does not mean that the EGR valve has failed. Uh, mm. There's solenoids and vacuum and uh, air that needs to flow and all sorts of things. So uh, don't think that buying a new EGR valve is going to be the solution because there's may not. a good chance it's not. All right. I know you don't uh, deal with the, as a rule, with uh, costs of uh, certain repairs. You have people there at Lloyd's that, that they can look that up. Uh, but maybe you can generally answer this. What does it typically cost to replace a throttle body on a Travers parts and labor cost? So I know how much to ask for on a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's a lot. It's just uh, ask for a lot. Yeah, it's uh, and often, not always, but sometimes the the uh, the throttle body needs to be reprogrammed uh, when it's installed. Um, so it's I'm, I don't think it's a thousand dollars, but I'm sure it's more than five hundred. So it's okay. It's not a very in that neighborhood. It's not a very close range, but uh, but you better get a lot on the GoFundMe. <laughs> very good. Be ambitious. <laughs> Here's another text, then we'll grab a call or two. Uh, my brakes are squeaking. Seems to be in the morning when pulling out of the garage. Is this a cold weather issue? Could be, and you know, one of the, if, if if you don't drive very far before you put the car away in the evening and so the rotors aren't heated up properly or, or warm, then uh, they'll stay wet and they'll rust right away. And so sometimes in the morning you have to uh, drive it a little bit till that rust gets scraped off of there, which is no problem. It, it's fine. But, uh, but uh, get the rust scraped off and then the squeak goes away. So if it's only doing it in the morning, I probably wouldn't worry about it too much. Like you've t- said before, uh, the uh, the rust can happen pretty fast. Oh, if I leave a rotor on a on a gr- on the ground and and water from the car drips on it, it rusts in fifteen seconds. It's oh, imme- it's immediate. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't go deep, of course. Right, but so you can see the color of rust. Back to the phones. Uh, Jack in Bloomington is first up here. Jack, what's your question? Say, um, I had six spark plugs and a coil replaced, and ever since that, I'm having a rattle in my engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think I think what I, I mean, I have no idea. It's hard to tell what kind of rattle it would be, but certainly with putting six spark plugs and a ignition coil in, things would have gotten moved. So I think the first thing you should do is take it back and ask uh, the guys that worked on it, uh, you know, if the rattles on the inside of the engine or the ex- outside of the engine would be the first question. If it's on the inside of the engine, then uh, maybe some more work needs to be done and, and that needs to be checked and that could be a problem. If the rattles on the outside of the, of the engine, in other words, it's a, you know, an accessory or something that's just left loose or is loose or has become loose, uh, then I think uh, they need to figure that out too. But at any rate, I think just to keep everybody safe 
and at peace, uh, first thing you should do is take it back to whoever did the work and give them a chance to uh, see what the story is. And I would do that soon in case they made a mistake. You don't want to create more damage no, that's good point. Uh, if, the, if, that's, if, that, if something's going on. All right. Thank you, Jack. Good luck with that. Take it back. Uh, Ken, you're going to be next, and we're going to grab some more text messages. Dan, keep in mind, we'll be here till 745, so if you have a question, don't wait. Call it in or text it at 651-989-9226. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Exactly where? Well, I know where because I was just there the other day. You were there. You know You know well where. I know is. my way there. Yeah. It's at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. With all that, where all the Christmas shopping and, and and so forth is going on, a lot of, a lot of Christmas cheer going on. It looks really beautiful right there. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And uh, you can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net, L L O Y D S LloydsAutomotive.net, or give a call this morning. Jim will be there. Six five one two two eight one three. Very good. And we'll get you that number before Dan uh, leaves us uh, today as well. Dan, as usual, we have callers and we have texters. So let's get back to it. Uh, Let's, uh, who's been waiting? Ken. Ken is uh, calling in from Chaska. Good morning, Ken. What can we do for you? Good morning, guys. I am in the used car market. I'm wondering if you could give me uh, an idea of what I'm seeing in a vehicle. I'm looking at about a 2012 uh, vehicle that happens to be a Toyota. <clears throat> Toyota Highlander, and um, in the engine compartment, a uh, majority of the screws and uh, hardware and uh, uh, clamps on any housing on the engine uh, showing a, a lot of rust on those types of things, not on the frame, not on the housing or any metal parts, you know, like a, a battery case, casing or anything, but just on the screws and the, uh, the, the uh, containment parts. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? It almost looks like it, I suggested to the person I was looking at, the, the dealership, is it looked like this car had been stored for some time and, and um, in a wet condition. Well, let's let's see what Dan has to say about it. You know, I guess that first of all, I wouldn't. That would not be a warning sign for me. Uh, if there was rust on the door jams or on the frame, or underneath the car, you know, on the body, I would worry about it. But rust on the screws and bolts and so forth, I would. That would not be an alarm alarming thing. One 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 way that that happens is if you know somebody had the car and drove it very short distances. The engine doesn't get warm enough, and of course, it gets just warm enough where the humidity sticks to it, and and then causes that sort of mm. rust thing. So, one thing that you could do is check the check the uh, the report. I forget what that's called right now. The Carfax. Carfax. Yeah, the Carfax report, and see where the car spent most of its life. Perhaps it was you know on a on a ocean coast or something like that. Oh, where yeah. There was a lot of salt or. Something like that. So, you know, the car, check Carfax and see what the story is on where it's been. But uh, but in general, I would say that would not concern me. Okay. No. There you go. Uh, Stephen is calling in from uh, Bloomington, I believe. Stephen, you're on CCO with Dan. Yes, good morning. I have a question, a common question about air pressure sensor on a 2012 Hyundai. Mm-hmm. 
seems like every winter, about when it gets cold, the sensor comes on, so it, it's an imbalance mm-hmm. of air pressure. Right. But it's only in the cold weather. Have you gotten a lot of calls about yeah. that? You and you and every other person on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it is a cold weather thing. Over the over the year, every tire uh, leaks an immeasurable little bit of air. You know, very very slow. But if you leave a tire long enough, it will eventually deflate some, and that's normal. Uh, you can't exactly keep it all in. And then when the weather turns cold, the oxygen molecules get smaller, and because of that, the pressure goes down even further. And it's pretty significant. You know, when you're in the summertime, if you start with a a cool tire and then go out and drive on a hot highway, uh, the air pressure can go up 3 or 4 PSI. So it's pretty significant. And then the same thing happens in the fall to winter. uh, You might have a and a tire with normal air pressure in September, and then by December, when it's below zero, the pressure is low enough to cause the light to turn on. So all day long, every single day, we're out there putting air in tires to turn people's uh, lights off, and there's nothing more to it than that. You just know that if you, in the cold weather, put the proper amount of air in your tires, uh, you should be good till summer, and probably till next fall, <laughs> and 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 that's all there is to it. And most cars, I, and I'm pretty sure on a Hyundai, once you put the tires back up to the proper air pressure, drive a few blocks, and the light will turn off, and you'll be in business and won't have to worry about it again uh, until the, the light comes on, and, and that should be a long time. If it comes on in a week or two, then you better take it in and get that one of the tires repaired because... Uh, you're pretty much, you, pretty much, you can trust the light. If the light—that's good to know. The, yeah, if the light's coming on, you've got a problem. All right, we need to take a break, Dan. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Wong here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, helping you out. We have a, a bunch of text messages, Dan. So let's get to it before you take your leave and make way for Jack Farrell. Uh, here's a, a texter saying, "I have a 2004 PT Cruiser Turbo Convertible. Has a new battery, two months." However, the last week, this last week, it won't start. The uh, interior lights come on dimly and will start right up when jumped. I'm thinking a faulty battery, but could it be something else? That comes from Julie. Yeah, it could be, but it's probably the battery. And on a PT Cruiser, know that that's a challenge to change that. Oh, is it really? (laughs) Oh. So uh, hopefully you can get it jumped and get it somewhere where you can get it some help because that would be a hard battery to change uh, out in the garage. Wow. Okay. So, Julie, uh, good luck with that. Uh, speaking of battery, the next text uh, that came in says, what is a good battery replacement for a 2011 Ford 150 truck? Well, the the exact uh, battery, the, the exact size, there's a whole, a whole bunch of different manufacturers that that make good quality batteries. And, you know, if when you're shopping for a battery, you find good, better, and best, get the best. We live in Minnesota, and it's going to get uh, way below zero, and you need a good, strong battery. And the the trick is the batteries nowadays all have to be the right dimensions mm. because uh, everything under the hood is so packed in there. It That's needs true. to be exactly the right dimension or you'll have trouble. So uh, find out the part number on your existing battery or order a new battery based on uh, the exact specs of your car 
and uh, and get that installed, and I think you'll be uh, you'll be ship shape. But as far as brand, a particular brand name, there's several that that make a, a really good battery. Generally speaking, now is the is the higher the price, probably the better battery. Right. All in all cases, isn't that isn't that true in it all of life? Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I've gotten older and and uh, maybe have a little, I can afford a little more. Uh, there's not. I pretty much don't want the cheapest of anything. No, like it's it's. Uh, you can't. You end up replacing it. Yeah, a lot I know. And I end thing. up buying it twice, and and so uh, yeah, no, I stay away from the cheapest. I I prefer better and best. Uh, and if you don't know anything about it and you're worried about it, then then go with the best. I think that's usually your best choice. I know. With this time of the year, we're talking. You know, the forecast seven below tonight, but doesn't heat cannot heat wreak havoc with a battery as well? Oh, I mean, when it gets hot. Yeah. Yes, yes. We actually sell probably more batteries uh, in July mm-hmm. when it's 100 degrees really? than we do now. What happens? Yeah. Well, it just it, heat heat, and all electrical components uh, struggle. You know, in fact, your computer at your desk and all of that, uh, heat, heat is a, a big issue with that too, with the processors and stuff. They get hot. And if you have a fan fail in your computer... Uh, that causes a problem. Think that you know the components overheat and they fail. And the same thing is true with all of the components in your car, including all the computers and the battery and the alternator and the starter. Uh, heat causes trouble, and uh, and you know it's 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 what causes them to fail. Uh, it's, it causes them to you know uh, the, the the components to melt down, so mm. to speak, and mm-hmm. and so forth, and break down. <clears throat> you know the the components are designed to work within a certain temperature range, and, and at the extreme ranges, uh, the internal compo- components uh, start to break down and fail, and then they com- then the unit fails. All right, very good. 651-989-9226. Dan will be here for a few more minutes. Uh, another text says this, would it be practical or not too much trouble to put a small block, like late 70s Chevy engine, into my Silverado pickup truck? Uh, the year is a 2000. He's tired of all the sensors, et cetera, and trying to simplify it so I can just have a pickup truck. <laughs> I'm sure it can be done. Uh, absolutely, it can be done. And uh, I understand what you're talking about, having a, a simple pickup truck. But I don't know that that's going to make life any simpler because it will not just – you can't just take the old one out and put the new one in. Mm, it, it'll be, it's it's way easy. more complicated than that. And, and then you've got um, – to match up all the rest of the drivetrain, the transmission and the and the transfer case and the drive shaft and all that sort of stuff, and and then the <clears throat> older motor needs to be mounted in there properly. So I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> you're better off. I think at the end of the day, you're better off keeping what you have is probably simpler than than trying to establish something that's simple. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, why, well, we don't have the answer to this. I don't have it. Why do some some Carfax reports show little or to nothing about vehicle maintenance? Well, it depends where you get your vehicle maintenance done. <clears throat> For example, we don't report to Carfax uh, that okay. that information. The information on your car, if we do the work, doesn't get to Carfax. Oh, okay. And uh, and I don't know who, how they report, uh, or who reports to Carfax, or why they do. Uh, I don't know the details on that, but. But uh, that's one of the things that you that you kind of have to be a little bit suspect is of with Carfax is the 
you know, the maintenance report. What's, yeah. What's, uh, what's actually been done and where was it done and by whom. And, and so be, be wary of that. All right. Uh, Texas is anything out there uh, you can use to keep rodents from wires on my Honda, my 2019 Honda? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, we've said, Danny, clean out your garage. Get all of the... Don't leave any kind of food, whatever yeah. we're talking, bird seed or anything. Right. Get get all the food, dog food and bird food and all that sort of stuff out of your garage. So then there's it, it causes the rodents not to be attracted to your garage. And then <clears throat> there's uh, mouse magic yeah. is one of the things... I've heard dryer sheets. <clears throat> I've yeah. heard uh, mint. Anything that peppermint, spearmint, pe- kind of smelling that spoils. Or, yeah, yeah. So I think maybe you could, you could probably do a Google search and get better information than what I'm going to be able to give you. But but uh, but it's true. I think there's lots of things that deter uh, mice and rodents from from getting into your garage or or into your car. And uh, but you're smart to do that because rodents can cause a lot of trouble. And uh, and just know that. Uh, that you you don't want them in your car or around your car. I mean, a lot. I have a friend of mine who who spent thousands on the damage, more than once. Yeah, totaling thousands. Well, I have a friend whose car actually got totaled. It ruined it. They oh. the mice had been in there all winter, and they completely took the car apart and could not get the smell out. Oh of it. my! And, and so the insurance company finally gave up and you know bought it back from them. And I'm sure they moved it on and sold it. It wasn't a big deal, but. But at any rate, he did not have to settle for the fact that the smell wouldn't go away. Well, you mentioned Mouse Magic, and the, they've been a sponsor here for many years. But uh, we've had unsolicited reports, emails, and text messages from uh, listeners who store cars mm-hmm. or boats. Right. It's another one we had reports right. on. They said they swear by it. it well, I've used it. it. It works. And then you say, how do they get in there? Like, yeah. And they're remarkable. They're just remarkable. <laughs> you know, even if you get the tires up off the ground and there's not a bit of the car touching the ground, they'll still jump up there and get in there. It's uh, it's amazing. They are they are remarkable when it comes to survival uh, and being able to get in places uh, that you think you have them all locked out, but, <laughs> but you don't. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, another battery question. 1989 Ford Escort. I put a new battery in. It still starts weak when it's cold. Is that normal? Wait, uh, no, uh, by by starting weak, I'm saying I'm thinking they're thinking that it turns over or doesn't turn over fast enough, or they're not yeah. comfortable with it. And we talked about this last week that uh, one of the things that makes a big difference is if you're way overdue on your oil change, the good oil has all burned off, and what's left in there is kind of a thick sludge. And so uh, sometimes maybe you need to get an oil change, uh, and then you probably want to get the whole electrical system checked to be sure that uh, when we do an electrical system check, we check, we test the battery, we test the uh, starter, we test the alternator, and then we check to make sure that there's no parasitic draw. In other words, something that's staying on in the car causing the battery to go dead when it sits. So I think the best thing you could do is have the whole electrical system checked to be sure that all the rest of the components are working properly along with the battery. Dan, we'll save the text we didn't get to, and we'll do that next week. Sounds good. Show. All right, yeah. thanks. How do we get in touch with your phone number out there? Give us a call. We're at 651-228-1316, and, and Jim will be there this morning. That's Lloyd's Automotive on Grand Avenue. Talk to you next week, Dan. Sounds good. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.